it's kind of crazy to think that we've now done 200 episodes of the Fi show doing one a week. I mean, it's four years in the making. We've had like the most amazing guests. We've made the most amazing connections. We have reached so many listeners. Like we've both got messages of people quitting their jobs, people getting raises, people starting side hustles, starting businesses, slashing their expenses. Welcome to The Fi Show, where you get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Financial Independence Show, where today we're going to reflect on the lessons, the takeaways, and all the things we've learned from over 200 episodes now on The Fi Show. But before we get into that, let me check in with my co-host, Justin, who this show wouldn't be possible without. What's going on, man? Appreciate it, Cody. Yeah, so a couple things. One is just more of this funny transactional thing that I actually sent you, Cody, as soon as I saw it and purchased it. It was one of those things where I didn't really think it was going to be like a real thing you could get your hands on. I thought it'd be something that's talked about, you know, like when Taco Bell comes out with a sweatshirt or something. It's it's funny. It's on the internet, but there's like 10 of them and no one actually gets one. But Frontier came out with this all you can fly pass. It's going to it's gonna start in May, but you, you buy them now. They stopped them just last week selling them. But it's $599 and you can fly unlimited for a year on Frontier Airlines. Now, Frontier, if you're not familiar, is kind of like Spirit. It's a it's a more of a budget airline. You know, you don't get a free carry-on bag and that sort of thing. And Austin's not the best hub for it. But, you know, with us working from home, we can get to Denver and Vegas direct. And then from there, we can go wherever we want to go in the country and even international like Guatemala, Jamaica, Costa Rica, you know, not Europe and things like that. But I mean, for six hundred dollars, have a year of getting able to fly wherever you want. Like, I'm gonna, I plan on going home just like see my folks on the weekend in Memphis, uh, just for the heck of it, because it's all I have to pay is the taxes and fees. So, you're talking about like twelve bucks for a round trip flight wherever you want to go in the states. So, very pumped about that. And as far as activities go, this Saturday was Friendsgiving, which is just where. We invite all of our friends over to have that big kind of Thanksgiving potluck dinner type thing. You know, we've lived all over the country. And so it's a little tradition that we've kind of got to take with us, even though we're always in a different place. And it's kind of cool because you've got these different sects of people that you hang out with that don't necessarily hang out with each other. And so it's kind of hilarious to sit back and watch everybody interact when you've got 30 people and maybe no more than five of any one group has, you know, kind of hung out with each other. And I think you've probably, I think you may have been to a Friendsgiving before, Cody. I have been to a Friendsgiving. Yeah, I was the they're like, what do you do again? I'm like, oh, yeah, the podcast with Justin. They're like, oh, that's awesome. Like the Fi show. And yeah, so it was a whole gaggle of people. It was people from your work, from Leslie's work, from all different walks of life. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I remember that back in Boston, back in the Boston days. And speaking of flying and traveling, it wasn't Frontier Airlines, but it was another kind of smaller airline, Hawaiian Airlines. I have been hopping island to island to island. I was back in Oahu this past weekend from about Wednesday to Monday. We went back and explored the southern half of the island. So last time, if you've been listening to the podcast for the past like two weeks, I was there two weeks ago. We were mostly exploring and doing hiking on the north side of the island on Oahu. Now we're actually like in Honolulu City. We're staying right across. I can literally see the beach in the ocean, Waikiki Beach, from where I'm recording this right now. 
it's awesome. It's a little different flavor because before it was like we're staying in a hostel, super jungly, like we're again going on hikes every single day. Now it's like we're in this major city. You see like the Gucci, the Balenciaga, the Tesla store, like it's every expensive thing you could possibly get your hands on is on the strip that we're staying on. Basically, again, I'm not going and buying those things, but that's just the area that we're in. So I've been doing a lot of traveling, been soaking up the sun, been going to the beach pretty much every day, been going on cool hikes pretty much every day. I'm going to be sad when this is over in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to try to soak in every minute I can of this Hawaiian sun and this Hawaiian landscape. And we're actually having a couple of friends come in for Thanksgiving from the mainland back in Massachusetts. So we'll have a little Thanksgiving here. We'll for the first time ever, I've never cooked a turkey. We're going to YouTube it. We're going to Google it. We're going to see how it goes. Well, Cody, uh, if you've never cooked a turkey before, or if you're listening to this and you're thinking about cooking a turkey, if you buy a frozen turkey from the store and you're planning on cooking it, like you need to get that thing in the fridge a few days before you're actually, it's time to cook it. If you go to the store, buy a frozen turkey and think you're just going to cook it that same day, you're going to be in for a problem. Okay, that is words well taken. I'll make sure that we don't make that mistake because that wouldn't be very fun. We probably end up just getting KFC or something. Like something four days. So- like you really want <laughs> four like three days. or four okay. days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, noted. All right, well, let's get into today's episode. I'm excited for this one. And it's kind of crazy to think that we've now done 200 episodes of The Fi Show. Doing one a week, I mean, it's four years in the making. We've had like the most amazing guests. We've made the most amazing connections. We have reached so many listeners. Like We've both got messages of people quitting their jobs, people getting raises, people starting side hustles, starting businesses, slashing their expenses. It's awesome just to see that this show has had an impact. And for you guys who don't get to see the behind the scenes, like we have just slowly been growing listener after listener after listener, and every single one of you counts. So seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Like Justin and I wouldn't be making this show if it wasn't for you listeners. And that's why we continue to do this thing. It's the feedback. It's the messages. It's the reviews and ratings. If you haven't done that, please go do that. And yeah, it just it's it's so rewarding to be able to do this and hop on the mic and talk to amazing people, affect amazing people. And so yeah, just wanted to quickly say thank you for letting us do these 200 episodes. And Justin and I want to hop on today to kind of talk about some of the biggest lessons and takeaways that we've had from these episodes. Because as you can imagine, I mean, four years ago, let's just try to paint a picture real quick of where we were, Justin. Like, what were you doing four years ago for work? What were you making? What was the financial independence percentage? Like, how close were you to five? Because it's been absolutely nuts to see where we've come over the past couple of years since we started the podcast. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, I mean, first of all, echoing what you're saying about all the thanks to everyone listening. And it's awesome when we get those notes about the impact that it's made. So if you ever feel that way, like we have made that difference, please send us a note because that makes all the difference in the world. And, and just last week, you know, Jeff Rose was sending out a tweet like with his top 10 kind of money, personal finance type podcast, business podcast, and put us in there next to some really big names. And that's just super humbling and cool to see. But yeah, where I was when we started this, I'll never forget. I think it was one of the first times. I can't remember if we actually recorded or not, but you came when we were staying in a hotel and the fire alarms just start going off in the middle of the night. And so I think that like that is one of the things that helps me kind of remember like when this podcast started, because it was just such a a, a jarring experience where they just kept going off all throughout the middle of the night. And I was living in a hotel at the time. But yeah, I was working in the Air Force, living in Boston. I was probably making, you know, in the 80s, like 80 something thousand a year. I was probably not even a fourth of the way to financial independence at that time. Maybe might have been starting to get close to one fifth to one fourth of my way to financial independence at the time. So yeah, it's been huge changes. I mean, in three years later, 
I hit that number. Now here we are four years later and, and we're both just kind of, I think so much further past where we ever thought we needed to be or, or would be. Yeah. I mean, my plan when we first started this podcast, I was still working at my corporate job and I figured that if I can save really hard for like seven or eight years, I would be able to quit. And then, I mean, for those listeners, you know, my path has taken a lot of windy turns and a lot of things have happened. And I ended up starting a bunch of different businesses. And it's crazy though to look back and see like now we've both hit financial independence and we're so much farther than we could have ever imagined, I think. And this episode is going to be a testament to that. It's because of a lot of the lessons we've learned from guests and just taking pages out of other people's playbooks. Like we don't have to reinvent the wheel and figure this out for ourselves because now we have access to all these people who did it before us, who did it faster, who did it better, who made more money than us, who was better at negotiating a raise, who was better at starting a business. And we can, again, just rip a page out of their playbook, do that for our own situation. And it's just been life changing for both of us. So I think that's a perfect time to kind of talk about some of these biggest lessons that we've learned. And I guess I'll kick this thing off. So the biggest one for me, and this is a recurring theme I've noticed over and over again, is how important mindset is. I used to always think like I was a very tactical guy. I'm like, you know, spreadsheets, looking at the numbers. This is how much I make. This is how much I need to save. I never really thought about mindset as a lever that you could pull to like level up your income or speed up your path to financial independence. But a lot of these people that we've interviewed, one that comes to mind is Kat Norton. Like She's going on these like basically manifestation hikes where she's just like thinking about business ideas, making money, getting like the right energy. And while I'm not like in line with all of those things, I'm definitely more of a skeptic. But just seeing how many people are doing things like that, where they're, you know, they're kind of manifesting their goals. They're like thinking about success. And that mindset has really proven to work for them. Like the fact that they're thinking about being successful has thus made them successful. And again, I'm a skeptic. So for those who are out there who are like me, who are like, you know, I don't believe in manifestation, that's fine. But it's like, if you are manifesting a goal, that means you're actively thinking about a goal. And if you're actively thinking about a goal, that means even subconsciously, you might be taking steps toward that goal, whether or not it's like actual action steps, but it might just be like mental steps. Like I need to get myself in the right mental position to hit this next milestone, to negotiate that race, to start that business. And I think that's just so huge. And it's something that, again, I had, I wasn't clued in at all in 2018 when I first started this journey to how important mindset really was. Yeah. And another part that goes around that mindset idea is what I've seen with a lot of, whether it be entrepreneurs or just people investing or, you know, trying to get higher up the chain at their work, get raises, that sort of thing, is knowing what your value is. And that mindset a lot of times can be affected by your upbringing. I mean, I know, you know, we didn't have much money growing up. So what I thought like I should fight for from like a salary perspective or what the expectations I should set on myself were so much lower than what I know they are now. And like that probably cost me a lot of time, but you know, I've learned it now and I figured it out. And now I know what my actual value is. And so you see it in the corporate world, you see it in the entrepreneurial world like understanding what your worth is and changing the mindset around like almost like somebody's doing you a favor to this mindset of like that that's what you're worth and you you deserve that you're putting in the hard work you need to go out there and get it so definitely agree Cody there's a we've had a lot of guests with a lot of awesome mindset tips we also will see it if you just read books around successful people you'll see most of them have like a routine or something that they do in the start of the day that helps them get in the right mindset for even just that specific day like to just clear your mind and to be more productive and more creative I think something along these same lines, and again, this is a reason why we have this podcast, and it's that Jim Rohn quote, it's like, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. They don't have to be physical people. Like They don't have to be people that are in the same room with you, like literally just listening to our podcast, and you hear someone who's making 
you know, six figures a month or some people on our podcast who are making seven figures a month and you just take like a few action items from the things that they do on a daily basis or some of their ideologies, some of the practices, something that they've done that you can just replicate. Like that is, you know, kind of part of that quote. That's surrounding yourself with better people. So I think I growing up too, like I definitely didn't grow up in as much of poverty as you were just talking about, Justin. I was from a middle class household, but I had never heard of people making, you know, six figures a month or people retiring when they were 30. It wasn't until I got exposed to this community and podcasts like ours and people who are putting this financial information out there that I was like, oh, like this is possible. And once you see that it's possible, it's kind of like the four minute mile. You know, some guy broke the record and then another guy broke the record 48 days later just because he saw it was possible. So like that's another reason why, you know, going back to why we start this podcast and why it's so awesome that we get to talk to all these people is like Justin and I are constantly just blowing through the glass ceilings that we kind of imposed on ourselves and seeing just what's possible out there and what people are doing. So that was another huge thing was just like figuring out who's doing better than me. And instead of being jealous and like, oh, I wish that was me. It's like, okay, this person is clearly doing better than me and name the aspect of your life. It could be personal finance in this situation. It could be fitness. It could be relationships. And then start to like emulate them, start to use some of the things that they're using to get to where they got to so quickly. And what you're talking about, Cody, as far as you know, looking at people who are doing better than you and not thinking about like, you know, oh my goodness, like you've got some kind of jealousy or whatever, but using it to your own advantage and to build everyone up makes me think a lot about, you know, the networking piece and which is, it's true in all kinds of things in life. I mean, even you take sports, you don't normally get better by playing against people who are two tiers below you. You get better by having really good competition. It's, you know, the more people you have around you who are doing well, it's going to push you to do better. And Vincent Puglisi did an awesome job of kind of talking through networking, and he does a great job of it in real life as well. It's something that you've probably had to lean on more and do more of than I have. But as someone who has continued to move around the country and never had just this like central network of people physically in one location, you know, I've had to lean on it at least for personal friends and that sort of thing. And that has helped open up some doors for me. And whether it be syndication deals from an investing perspective, or whether it just be friends or whether it be, you know, knowing people in different locations where you go visit them, like there's all kinds of doors that networking opens up. And hopefully there's opportunities for you at some point to also be that person that, you know, someone is thinking about when they think about what their network is added. Like you, you're also giving back into that relationship. But I think networking goes hand in hand with that mindset piece because you're wanting to network with other like-minded people who have some of those similar goals and some of those similar ambitions. Networking was also something that was on my list of like, this is how these people get from point A to point B way faster than I thought was possible. I think something I didn't quite understand about networking was the giving before you get until I started putting it into practice. So a lot of people think networking is just like spam emailing people or like messaging people on LinkedIn or just basically putting yourself in front of as many people as possible. But you know that's not true networking. You're never going to get anything back from that. And again, networking shouldn't be something where you're just like looking to get stuff out of people. But the best way to really network and to really level yourself up and get in the rooms with the right people is to give before you get. Like in my personal journey, in my personal experience, I was super lucky to get really in with Grant Sabatier back in 2018 when he was coordinating his financial freedom book tour. And I literally just offered, I'm like, dude, you hit financial independence so fast. You're making way more money than I ever thought was possible. Let me help you out. Like I'll work for you for free. I just want to learn from you. And you know, he took me under his wing. I organized his whole book tour, traveled the country for three months with this guy. 
And a lot of people might call that lucky. Fine. Like I might have got lucky because I put myself out there. If I just didn't say, hey, Grant, like, how can I help you? How can I give you something before I get anything from you? Which was like the knowledge, the mindset, all the things that he's given me over the years. But if I didn't give before I got and I just like hit him up on Twitter or Instagram and just like send him a message like, hey, man, you have 15 minutes for a call so I could pick your brain. Nobody's going to say yes to that. Like nobody in their right mind is just going to pick up the phone and talk to you and like give you all their information. But if you can give before you get the get comes back tenfold typically. So be a giver. Like that is the number one thing I could say when it comes to networking is like the key to networking is to solve other people's problems. And not every single person is going to be able to reciprocate or maybe they just won't reciprocate. But the ones that do, it's going to come back in multiples over what you gave them. So don't be afraid to give. Don't have the scarcity mindset. Don't be like, you know, I don't want to like, my time is super valuable. If you're someone who's young and who's hungry and maybe you're not happy with the position that you're in, whether it's in a career or in your business or on your financial independence journey, give before you get, make those connections, make yourself so valuable that people don't want to say no to you. And again, once you open that door to the right rooms and you're in the rooms of the right people, that's when everything changes, but you got to know how to get that door open. We'll be right back after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's sponsor is one I use on a daily basis in my company, Gold City Ventures. That is the sound of a sale in your Shopify store. But did you know that Shopify now also powers in-person selling? Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store or small business. Accept payments, manage inventory, they have everything. Shopify brings together your in-person and online sales business into one source of truth, one dashboard, everything in one place. You know exactly what's going on. And now they have all these customization options. They have plug and play tools that you can integrate with Instagram or TikTok or wherever. You can take your payments by phone or by tablet. Shopify makes it easy. Plus, if you have any questions, their support team is there to help you. I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs in this audience, and Shopify POS just breaks down that barrier to accepting payments with your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash fyshow, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash fyshow to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash fyshow. Now back to the show. And as far as the, you know, the networking that we've done and the people that we've come across, the other thing I've loved about looking back over these 200 episodes is just to see the diversity in both like the types of people, the types of personalities, the types of jobs, the types of way that they got to financial independence. And uh, he was actually one of our very first episodes. Jimmy Ridenhauer always comes out in my head. I mean, you know, he's he's a mailman who had a really tough upbringing and just has a so much positivity, such a great story. And when you think about you know, something like real estate, what better profession than a mailman? Like, you know, which houses are empty, you know, the neighborhoods, like you're walking around listening to podcasts, like it is perfect for that. But it never would even cross my mind to think that way if it wasn't for this podcast. And I know it's like easy for me to say, I completely understand kind of the contradiction of me saying, you know, it's not all like white males in tech who could pursue financial independence. But I hope that people can see through the diversity of guests that we brought on the show that there are so many different looks of people, types of people, backgrounds, personality types, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a million different ways you can get there. And so Jimmy's one of my favorite stories to highlight. I think something that is a good lesson from Jimmy's story and from a lot of guests we've had is 
with Jimmy being a mailman, talk about like maximizing your time. And I think a lot of people almost trick themselves into saying, I don't have time for X, Y, and Z. And Jimmy could have said that, like, I don't have time to invest in real estate. I work full time as a mailman. Like I'm out on my feet 12 hours a day. But instead, like you said, he's using that time to look at the houses with the long grass. He's checking on the foreclosures. Like he knows the neighborhoods. He's, he's really utilizing the time that he has to start to pursue these other things. And again, I think a lot of people will almost trick themselves into thinking, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to invest in real estate. I don't have time to learn about financial independence. I don't have time for this and that, but it is a lot easier than you might think, depending on your job. Of course, there's going to be outlier cases and someone might be mad listening to me right now. But for most people, you can usually like sneak some other beneficial thing into your routine with something else. So if you don't have time to work out, maybe you are doing squats while you're brushing your teeth or you're doing pushups while you're watching that Netflix show that you and your partner watch or these are fitness examples. You can also like listen to podcasts while you're on your commute. You could listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks while you're doing anything. And like all these things are just better uses of your time where you're like you're almost stacking things. So while you're doing one thing, you're also getting the benefit of something else. And I just think so many of our guests, Jimmy especially, have used this to their advantage. And instead of everyone is the same 24 hours a day, and instead of like squandering their hours away, asking, why don't I have time for this and that? They find the time by being really strategic and almost like time stacking their responsibilities and priorities. You know, you're talking about like, it's easy to find those excuses to not have the time. I mean, I think about somebody like Financial Panther, who is a lawyer and who is on his way home, he's grabbing lime scooters or when he's in a hotel room, even like he's doing DoorDash, like on a trip. I mean, he sneaks this stuff in everywhere. And I think about that kind of aspect from twofold. One, I mean, it just shows like, how much more productive we can be. But it also shows like his example. And then you think about Robert Farrington, who is making so much money and still flipping hair dryers like on eBay, that you can't fundamentally, you're not going to just change overnight. Like this path towards financial independence, it's not like you're going to just flip this switch and all of a sudden you're going to stop being frugal or you're going to stop getting a weird thrill out of that side hustle or whatever it is. Like you are that person that got you there. And that means you're probably going to continue to obviously we all learn and evolve and grow. But like there's still going to be some fundamental parts of you when that transition happens. So for the good and the bad, you know, don't think that all your problems are just mysteriously going to go away. Don't think that your personality type is just going to instantly change. Like, so there's that part. But there's also the, you know, the super positive part, which is a lot of times we get stressed about what could go wrong when we hit financial independence. But most of us, the reason we got there is because we're so good at maximizing everything. We're so good at looking for those extra opportunities. We're so good at squeezing a dollar out of a dime. And like, that's going to continue to be there when we hit financial independence and we will figure out a way like the way financial Panther and Robert Farrington still figure out a way to make extra money on the side that they don't even need. I think something you said there that was really important is the action taking. I think a lot of us in the five community are not scared to take imperfect action. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back. A lot of people won't make decisions unless they have like 100% of the answers. If there's any uncertainty at all, they're not going to do the thing. But a lot of the guests we've had on here, especially the ones who have hit financial independence really quickly, and both of us, Justin, like have taken leaps of faith, have tried things that maybe we haven't tried before. And you might not have all the answers when you do it, but like that is the fastest way to learn. So if you're someone who's been sitting on the sidelines for a while, like, if you're reading a book a week and you're listening to tons of podcasts and you're doing this and you're doing that, but you haven't taken action yet, take that action. Like it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be ugly when you start. 
everyone gets better over time. But if you never take that first piece of imperfect action, it's going to be really hard to get to whatever level you want to get to just from consuming information. Learning is great. And I'm all for listening to podcasts. Obviously, we want you to listen to the Fi show and reading books and watching YouTube videos. But it's that action that is everything. And so it's a lot of these guests who are like, you know, they're not just reading about stuff. They're not just financial Panther isn't just reading about financial independence. He's going out and literally picking up. I think he was picking up like four or five lime scooters while he was riding a lime scooter on his way home. He's doing the thing and figuring it out. There's no playbook for that. No one. He probably didn't read a blog post. It was like, how do you pick up five lime scooters if you don't have transportation? You know, he probably just kind of winged it and figured it out. But that's kind of the beauty in financial independence, in figuring things out. It's about getting creative. I mean, Justin just talked about today, like this new Frontier Airlines thing. He's never done it before. It might be a flop. Like maybe the their whole operation, it's going to get overwhelmed and maybe you won't <laughs> be able to get on flights, whatever. But it's like just taking the creative route and figuring out these like hacks, whether it's on the income side or the expenses side. That's what really supercharges people's paths to financial independence because... If you're just taking the same steps, doing the same things as everybody else, keeping up with the Joneses, I mean, that's what keeps you average. That's why people are working until they're 65 and eking out those last 13 years of retirement because they're just taking the same path as everybody else. So take imperfect action. Don't be scared. Curiosity plus action produces results. And we have seen that time and time again with all the guests from the Financial Independence Show. Two of the stories that I actually thought I really loved when I was looking back on it, thinking about the creativity aspect, I'm going to say both of them took an action and neither one of them thought, this is going to be my career. This is how I want to make my money. One would be Colin Jones, the card counting episode. Like who thinks that they can actually make a career out of card counting? It's just something that, you know, he started doing. He was a teacher. He's doing it on the side, starts getting a little bit more money involved in it, starts getting a team together, starts teaching people like it just kind of snowballed on him into this awesome career. And then the other one was uh, Nico, who got into 3D printing so that he could like make his kid a Halloween costume. And next thing you know, he's making these insane 3D printing costumes for like adults to take to these conferences and things. And he's to the point where right, he's just selling the plans. Like He doesn't even have to physically produce a product. And then he doesn't even actually have to design the plans. Like He can just come up with the idea and then work with someone in a different country who's really good at that design piece. And he can give them feedback to gets it perfect and knows, hey, this is what my customers will want. And then he's selling a digital product. And so now he's learned all these things about business, the outsourcing, the marketing, the, the sales part of it, all just because he wanted to make a Halloween costume and save a little money. So those little actions, you never know what they're going to snowball into. And I think the more guests we have on, the more I realize you can literally make money doing almost anything. Like you're talking about Colin Jones and Nico, like two super unique things. Nobody would ever think that someone could make seven plus figures off of a Microsoft Excel based business. And Kat Norton did exactly just that. Like she she mentioned in the episode with us that she had some six figure days when she was selling her courses through her webinars. It's just absolutely insane to see what people are able to do across all these niches that, you know, growing up, nobody's telling you that you can make money in this way and that way. It's just until you see someone do it, going back to this mindset thing, until you see someone do it, seeing is believing. And then you realize like, wow, I might be able to monetize this weird thing or this hobby or this business that I'm interested in. And that actually brings me to one of the next points. I think this is a really important one. And someone who really hammered this message home was our episode with Paula Pant. And it's talking about how increasing your income is actually more powerful than reducing your expenses. So Justin and I talk about this all the time, and we are huge into tracking your expenses. You don't know how much you're spending until you start tracking, and then you could start to rein in if you have like 
you know, multiple cars in the driveway and you're spending $5,000 a month on groceries, like get the spending in line first, get that as tight as you can possibly make it while you still feel comfortable. Again, it's not about deprivation, but if you're spending in extraneous categories, get that taken care of. But we talked about this with the Paula episode, you can only frugal yourself down to zero. So if you're someone who's already pretty frugal, and you, you you did what I was just talking about, you cut all your expenses as much as you possibly can. But now it's kind of hard if your income stays the same, because you cannot get that gap really any bigger because your expenses can't go any lower once you're kind of at that minimum. So that's where increasing income comes into play. And it's like, if you can, whether you're in a day job or whether you're a business owner, like in a day job, if you can change industries, I know Justin, you've talked about this a lot. If you're currently working for you know a newspaper as someone who's in marketing versus like a tech company, like if you move to a tech company from the newspaper company, you could probably double your salary overnight. And like that's going to have a much bigger impact than you tightening up the budget and spending $100 less on groceries next month. Or that's going to have a lot bigger impact than even if you got rid of a car. Like if you can get a $10,000 plus per year or, you know, in this example, double your salary overnight, that's going to have such a bigger impact. So just starting to think about the income equation after you've really reined in on those expenses and you're like, you're feeling pretty comfortable, you're feeling pretty good. Again, not deprivation, just comfortability. Start to focus on the income side of things. So whether that's negotiating a raise, whether that's changing industries, whether that's starting a side hustle, whether that's scaling your business and taking it to the next level, because again, you can only frugal yourself to zero. Like once you're living under a bridge and you don't have a car and you don't have any clothes and you're not traveling and your expenses are zero, there's there's nowhere for your expenses to go. Unfortunately, we can't have negative expenses. So the increase in the gap comes from the income side of things. So, so many of our guests have done this, whether it was negotiating a raise with a job, changing industries, starting a side hustle, figuring out how to outsource and scale a business. There's a lot of ways to swing the hammer, but just focusing on income. And I think a lot of people in the financial independence community, myself included, when I first got into this community, I thought of income as just like my employer is going to give me this amount. That's the amount I have to work with. I'm going to figure everything out on the expense side of things. And this is my spreadsheet. I'm going to hit five in X number of years and let's call it a day. I never even thought for a second, like I have so much more power on the income side of the equation and I can actually use that power to hit financial independence way faster than I thought was ever possible. Yeah. Like when you first started talking about this subject, Cody, the I definitely agree that, you know, the savings part is that first part. It's the part you can control today. You don't need anyone else's help to fix that. Like you can control that right away. You can do it so fast and the tracking, like that's what you're going to need to get started. But like you said, at a certain point, the income part is probably where you need to spend more of your focus on. And it really shouldn't take you that long to get the spending part under control. I mean, you can completely change your spending, you know, even if it means like a different lease or, you know, selling a vehicle to get rid of a car payment or whatever, like within six months to a year, you should be able to transform your spending if spending is the problem. But then the income part is this, it's always this evolution. I mean, you're continually to push for the next level, whether that takes job hopping or, you know, pushes for your boss. Like, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier when I meant, you know, you're not just doing someone a favor, like you have value. We need to think about that in our normal day jobs too. Like no one's going to fight for you the way you will fight for yourself. Like your boss should be there if you've got a good manager to help you get those raises and to help you get those promotions. But at the end of the day, if you're not being vocal about it, if you're not telling them that's what you want, you're not telling them that's what you expect, then you're never going to get it. So be vocal about it. Come with data. Solve your boss's problems for them. Be prepared to leave if you need to have that backup plan, have an offer in hand. So that way you can go to the table and negotiate without fear. Like all those things are ways where you can really push your income up 
we've all seen the charts what savings rate equates to how many years you need to work and the difference between 50% and 70% is a huge amount of difference in the, in the amount of years you got to work but it's super hard to save 70% of your income unless you're making a really good income that number may sound crazy to you to save 70%, 80%. You know, sometimes I've saved 90%. And it's not because I live under a bridge. It's because I'm doing both. I make good money and I'm also really frugal. And then if we take and kind of tie these two last subjects we've been talking to together, okay, looking for these really creative actions that you can take and looking for ways to both increase our income and lower our expenses, it makes me think about some of our recent guests, which have led me to some action. So Britt Sharman was talking about house sitting, you know, these trusted house sitters. There's places all around the world you can go and stay for free if you just like watch a dog, feed a cat, and you get to stay in these places. And it's not just like a day or two. Some of them are months. I was just looking at a place in ski season in Denver that all you have to do is feed their two cats, which has a timer for the feeder. And they, ha- they give you access to their car and encourage you to take it to the mountains to go skiing. It's in Denver and it's right in ski season. It's like the last week of February and the first week of March, like two weeks of ski season with a free place to stay and a free car to use. And all you have to do is make sure there's cat food in the cat feeder. Like that, how simple is that? And then on the other side, you know, so that's bringing those expenses down. It allows me to do more with less. And then Daniel Alonzo was talking about covered calls, which really piqued my interest. And I've been digging into that and it's just given me another way to kind of almost turn any stock into a dividend paying stock. Like it's allowed me to take stock that I already want and I'm holding and I'm not just, it's not something I'm speculating on, you know, it's those same index funds and and whatever. And just saying, okay, I'm going to do these covered calls. And so basically, you know, a a short overview of it is I'm saying that it's a hundred dollars today. Somebody's going to pay me a dollar a share, but if it crosses $110, I have to sell it to them for $110 okay, so what? Like it still made money. Like, and most of the time it's not going to cross that number and I'm just going to collect my royalty anyway, my dollar per share. And if it does cross that line, okay, I still made money and I'll just buy another stock just like it. You know, it's another way for me to turn my investments into being an income generating asset right now and me to kind of increase my real time income versus just like thinking about it from a nest egg growing. But those are two actions that I've taken recently to help like Paula Pant talks about that gap to really keep pushing that gap to be wider. Something that made me think about actually, and a lot of people will ask me because I'm kind of known as like a side hustle guy, like what's the best side hustle? I don't have much time, but I want to make a bunch of money. I think this idea that you were just talking about is like utilizing the assets you already have and renting them out when you're not using them. Very few people take advantage of that. And like that's an economy that has just opened up in the past, say, 10 years. But our friends, James and Emily, they do what I call geohacking, like For example, they go on vacation for a month in Mexico. They're renting out their house on Airbnb the entire time they're in Mexico. I know, Justin, you're currently positioning your house to do that. Or if you are not using your car, if you work from home, rent your car out that you already own. Like it's just sitting in your driveway. Rent it out on Turo or get around. If you have a big shed and you don't have the shed filled or you have a parking area or whatever, you can rent that out on neighbor for storage. Like there are all these really easy ways that you don't have to trade your time for money and that you can add a thousand, two thousand, three thousand. I mean, the sky is the limit. If you were to leave your house, Justin, I don't know if you have an estimation. Like if you were to leave your house during maybe ACL or South by Southwest is probably the biggest ones. If you were to leave your house, rent it out for the entire month of whenever those are and rent out your car 
and maybe rent out like storage space. Do you have any idea like what you could make? I'm just curious because like I know it gets crazy in Austin. Yeah, I mean, it's probably north of 10 grand. 10 grand, right? <laughs> if you did the entire month, because you've got, especially if you think about ACL and F1, they're both in October. Because you're, what you're probably going to end up doing is you're probably going to do three different groups of people, and it's all going to be at a really high rate versus like renting out a whole month to one group at a lower rate. And then you add on the car. And then also my friends, because we've got a fenced in backyard, what they're doing is people can rent out your backyard for an hour to let their dogs off leash. Like people are paying for everything. And like you said, we have all these assets. I have put my car on Turo before. It was great. No issues. Well, actually, one time there was one kind of issue. Insurance took care of it. No problem. And it's not your insurance policy. Does it make your insurance go up? It's the own companies. But yeah, like you said, there's so many ways of the things we already own and like how much more efficient we could be with that, like making money off of it. And also in some instances, not owning as many things, like maybe sometimes it's better for us to pay to rent somebody else's stuff than own it ourselves. Yeah, it's just absolutely crazy. And I think sometimes when people think of extra income or side hustles, they always think of trading their time. They always think of driving for Uber or like delivering groceries via Instacart or all these ones that, again, you're trading your time for money, but there's just so many instances. You just mentioned 10 grand in a month. So if you're living in Austin and you're listening to the Five Show, like take advantage of that. If you can poise your house and your car and your backyard for people's dogs during like one of these crazy boom seasons or in all these markets around the country, I know every single city, every single local market has like times where it's really busy. Maybe you're on the coast and it's really busy during the summer, or maybe you're in a ski town, it's super busy during the winter. Like there's just so many opportunities for you to make money on the things that you already own without having to trade your time, without having to spend more money, just being strategic with the assets you already have. And then you pair that with something like, uh, you know, when we're going to Costa Rica, we're getting a place to rent for a month for $700. Like you take those two things and combine them and it's just through the roof. (laughs) It's crazy. Okay. This has been a lot of fun going back and looking over the 200 episodes. It's crazy, both professionally, personally, and the podcast and the amount of knowledge that we've learned, like how much changes in four years, 200 episodes. When you ask me if I wanted to give this a shot and be your co-host, I never thought that we would be doing 200 episodes and blowing way past a million downloads and being featured and getting the notes that we get, like all that kind of stuff. Never would have expected it, but it's been an awesome ride and I you know, can't wait for the next 200. And if you enjoy this episode and want to see some of the little quick hits that we were talking about and be able to share that with your friends, you know, this episode is available like they all are at thefyshow.com. This one's at thefyshow.com slash 200. That's thefyshow.com slash 200. And seriously, just want to thank all you listeners one more time. Justin, this has been an incredible ride and it's crazy to see how far we've come, both, like you said, both from a professional standpoint, our financial independence journeys, the people we've talked to, the connections we've made, the friends we've made. It's just been, it's been awesome. And it's all thanks to you guys, all thanks to you listeners. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Fi Show and continuing to listen to The Fi Show. And obviously, Justin and I handpicked all of these lessons, but for you long-term listeners, we'd love if you could share maybe one of the biggest lessons or one of the biggest takeaways, your favorite episode that you've listened to on The Fi Show thus far. You can do that in the Facebook group that's available at thefyshow.com slash community, and we would love to chat with you in there. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to another episode of The Fi Show. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, the best way to do that is to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts share this with a friend. And also don't forget, you can find 200 plus episodes and all the information you'd ever want to have about these episodes over at thefyshow.com. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button because that way every Wednesday you can have our latest episode delivered straight to your phone. Until next time.
Hey, real quick before you go, I just want to remind you that I have made my personal like budget and net worth tracking spreadsheet available. The very same one that I use to track my net worth from $38,000 to over $1.2 million available for free on our website at thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet. So you can go download that today. That's thefyshow.com slash spreadsheet.